Hello, and welcome to the Falling Into Soul podcast. I'm McCall Erickson, your host and creator of this space. Since this is our first episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I'm creating this space, what I'll be using it for. I'm creating this space to have somewhere to bring forth some of my songs that I've written about the alchemical journey, the inner journey of transformation, the journey of falling into soul, which is basically falling away from pretty much anything you might have thought was going to be your life, was you thought was going to be your way, and falling into that deeper resonance, that deeper truth. Some of you may be familiar with my book, The Second Half of the Mountain. That's the book that uh, I explore a lot of the alchemical processes in that happen when we awaken and we get into that deeper alignment with soul. That second half of the mountain journey really heated up for me when I was in the middle of working as a performing songwriter. I really thought it was my path. I wanted it to be my life path. It was the thing I was the most passionate about. The deeper I got into my music journey and my, my music career, the worse it felt. It seemed like no matter where I was going, I just couldn't quite get that right alignment or fitting in with myself. So eventually I pulled away from the music, my path as a music performer entirely, and started getting deeper into the study of alchemy, the study of a soul, and really aligning with my deeper truth. But I did still continue to write songs. Music is a really deep part of me. So I have a bunch of songs that I want to share, and it felt like this was going to be the right way to do it, to expand on some of the alchemical processes and ideas and talk about the stories behind the songs, because one thing I know from my journey is that my songs don't belong in bars and coffee shops or on festival stages. They're a little bit too intimate for that. I remember having an interview once on a radio show and I shared one of my heartfelt soul songs. Afterward, the DJs and the hosts, they did not even know what to say. Uh, I remember one of the hosts saying, I don't know whether to clap or cry or end the show. So I went through a lot of awkward experiences of trying to bring my music into the world. And really the best way for me, is in one-on-one silversation, conversation with people who are in the soul journeys. That's who these songs are for. And if they expand beyond that, wonderful. But really, this is me. I wanted to create an intimate space because this is me bringing my intimate love and my intimate inner soul life to life expression. That's it's the expression of my soul. So it is the time in my journey that these uh, come into life. This episode, I'm calling The One Thing You Must Do. And I'm centering it around what I would see is the crux of the spiritual journey, why we go on the journey in the first place, what fuels that journey. And to me, I can break it all down to two questions. Who am I and why am I here? Who am I and why am I here? Those are the questions that set out the spiritual seeker. We want to know why we're here beyond the stories we're told about why we're here. So those are the two questions. And what does it take to figure those things out, to actually come into contact with some meaningful, actual, livable alignments for those questions? For me, this is the theme of my life. I really have always had a drive, a deep longing to know who I was behind the story, behind all the conditioning. I felt pretty early on in my life that I could bear 
anything. I could bear losing anything. I could bear not being popular. I could bear, you know, whatever it took. As long as I had my own truth, I had this really deep need to always know what my inner truth was in any given situation. If I didn't have that, I felt so lost. It was like my inner truth was the most important thing. I had to be aligned with myself. I had to be aligned with this deeper pole within or everything felt off, horrible. I could, I would get sick. I had stomach aches when I was a kid. All of that, that stuff that would go with, you know, learning to know our, navigate our internal system. I'm thinking of a Rumi poem where he says, you need to unfold your own myth. Don't be satisfied with the stories that come before you. Unfold your own way, unfold your own story. I'm paraphrasing here, but that is one thing that has been the guiding life, like guiding force in my life. What is my story? How do I unfold my own unique path with all the noise in this world and all the paths that are given to 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 me, to us to know? There's another Rumi poem that I'm going to center around today called The One Thing You Must Do. I'm not going to read it, but if you want to look, Google it. <laughs> or it's in Coleman Barks' book, The Soul of Rumi, on page 150. The one thing you must do, basically what Rumi is saying is we're all given a certain amount of energy. We're all given a particular work. We come into this world with a particular work to do and a particular set of skills to do that work. But if we don't do that work and we do everything else, then we've done nothing. We've wasted our time. We've wasted our talents. We've wasted our gifts. And there are so many ways we can actually convince ourselves we're doing the work or the thing we're here to do, but we're not because there are so many worthy causes. There are so many things that look like the good, right thing to do. I remember, you know, like I said, I've carried this with me my whole life that I had to find my truth and my alignment in all circumstances and in all life situations. Nothing has ever felt more important than that to me. However, it is hard to do this. And I think some of the reasons and reasons why it's so hard is because life itself is traumatic. It's disturbing. It's painful. It's confusing. Even the most ordinary life can carry an extraordinary amount of pain. And there are so many things that can hijack us away from ourselves. First of all, trauma. Life is trauma. We all experience trauma to some degree or another. And trauma can absolutely hijack us away from ourselves. We have conditioning. We, we were born into cultures and families that have certain conditionings and patterns and expectations and beliefs. So those, all of those things get pressed upon us on an early age. And how do we burst out of those? How do we find our truth from within that or aside from that? Another reason it can be so hard to align with the one thing we must do in this life is fear of being alienated, fear of losing relationships, losing families and friends, fear of missing out, fear of not being included, the glorification of busy. We have this thing in our society where we really place a lot of emphasis on productivity and doing things and what we how, what have we done in a day? What can we accomplish? And there are so many good and meaningful causes in this world. And I think this is one way, one area where really it has rubbed for me in the past and present with finding my alignment 
is, oh, but it's such a good cause. If I give myself to a good cause, then I'm doing the right thing, right? But when it comes to the way of the soul, it's not about doing the right thing. It's not being part of a worthy cause. It's about living from the root of your being. And that's a different story. So in order to live from the root of our being, we have to risk not being seen as good, not being seen as useful, not being seen as productive, not being seen as all those things that we want, that we're conditioned to be in this world. We really have to give that up. And it takes some alchemical muscle and some alchemical metabolism to build the strength to give those things up. And the work itself is in addressing and undoing all of these conditionings and expectations and beliefs and healing from trauma so we can have a clear path to the soul, so we can know what it feels like to be aligned with our soul, so we can live from the root of our being instead of being swayed by all of these conditionings and patterns that we're taught to believe. And not all conditioning and not all patterning is quote-unquote bad. So much of it is is good and useful, and that's one of the trickiest things in this work. That's one of the trickiest things. That's one of the things that can sway us the most from finding the the one thing, the root of our being, that we're here to live. And I don't think this work is possible without cultivating a relationship with the inner self and how that self relates to the outer world. Going within is as a huge part of the work, learning our own inner navigation systems, signs, signals, intuition, subtleties. That's another reason it's so hard to connect with our, our work and our being and our, the root of our being is because we don't even know ourselves sometimes. We don't know what that feels like. We have to know that inner navigation system. We have to know the signs. We have to know what it feels like when our soul is pulling us to or away from something. We have to know how that relationship works in our body, our subtle body, body our energetic body, our physical body. And it's not just about cultivating a relationship with the inner life. It's also about cultivating a relationship with the outer world. I think there's a misconception in spirituality, spiritual circles, healing circles, that everything you need is within you. You have to go within to heal. Those are good. Yes, yes, absolutely. But it trains us away from an, a human impulse and a human need and an absolute non-negotiable part of the journey, which is we need outer reflection too. We need outer validation too. And to me, the most important thing is learning to get the outer validation and the outer reflections from places, people and places that can actually reflect our truth to us. When we're looking for validation in places, uh, from people in places that can't reflect that true, deep truth of our being, that are going to hold a smaller truth for us or a smaller story, that's when we run into issues. That's when we run into problems. So we have to find the people, the places that can actually reflect our true nature, our true essence, our true being, and hold us to that. Those are far and few between when it comes to people. So those relationships, oh my goodness, I hold them close to my chest. I hold them as the greatest treasures of life because it's not just about me. It's not just about me finding everything I need within. It's me finding everything anywhere, within and without, that reflects 
my true nature. It's going to come from within and without. But ultimately, the responsibility is up to me. The responsibility for this healing is up to me. The responsibility to recognize truth is up to me. No one can recognize truth for me. They can reflect it for me. But I am the one who has to know what my alignment is at all costs. So ultimately, the responsibility is on us to do the work. But we need other people to help us. We need outer reflections and outer validations to help us. So it's about going within, but also getting reflection for that inner world and everything we see externally. We need both. For me, it's been really important to know where my tender spots are, where my soft spots are, where my fearful spots are, where I'm most likely to abandon myself, where I'm most likely to abandon the one thing, the deep root of my being for other things, smaller stories. I have to know where I get distracted. I have to know where my tender places are. And for me, there's a tough moment, one of the toughest moments of all, because I'm such a lover. I love to relate to people. I love to connect with people. The tough moment for me is when I want to fit in and be a part of, especially with people I love, especially with people I respect and adore. But it seems as though my inner alignment is going to take me away from them or pull me in a different direction. I have a definite soft spot there. I don't like being turned in a different direction. I want to fit in. I want to be a part of. And when I'm unable to fully align with my root and my alignment because I want to fit in, be a part of, get that worth and validation from someone who can't give it to me or from a circle that's not quite going to feed my wholeness, it creates a certain energy in me. I can get into a neediness or a graspiness. And when I'm feeling that, it also comes along with resentment because the person or place that I want to reflect my truth to me can't. So I feel resentful and I'm not getting what I need. So the song that I want to share today is centered around this. It was born from this feeling that I have sometimes when I want certain person or people or place to validate me and they can't and I'm the one who needs to validate me in that instance I'm the one who has to give up all outer validation for the inner when I do that eventually I found find the outer validation the external reflection I need to support that inner validation but there is that tough spot when I'm hoping someone else can validate me and they can't And if I reach for it too long, it feels yucky. It feels a little icky. It causes issues. This song, I was actually not going to share songs that I've already recorded and released in the world. This came from my first album, and it's already recorded and out there in the world. I'm going to sing it again from my new perspective of me 15 years later. But um, I was only going to record newer songs, but this one spoke up to be shared, and I can't argue with the feeling of alignment, <laughs> speaking of. So this song is called I'm Your Lullaby. It came during a time, like I said, it was 15 years ago, and it was when I was really starting to get down to the depths of that soul work, really starting to shed some big conditioning around uh, religion and, and family. And I was in a relationship which is one of the biggest catalysts for pointing me to unresolved issues and trauma in myself. And so, of course, being in the relationship will bring out all the crazy. And it was showing me where I needed to sturdy up 
some of my relationship with me. I remember sitting in my bedroom in my condo. It was my very first condo after college. I'd painted the walls the color I wanted. It was the first bed I actually bought that wasn't someone giving me a mattress from their dorm room or because they were moving out of an apartment. It was a beautiful apartment and I had this new relationship. We were really, really getting serious with each other. And of course, I had ideas of what I wanted him to be doing to contribute to the relationship and build the relationship. And he wasn't complying to my idea of what I thought he should be doing. And I remember the Saturday night, I had somehow in my mind had plans for what I wanted him to be doing and plans that I, of course, didn't share with him and then got upset with when he didn't read my mind about what should be going on. And I remember sitting there going, you know what, McCall, this is craziness. Like, you know that you can't get him to do what you need to do for yourself. And if you go within, you already know what you're looking for. What you're looking for is a lullaby you already know. And I, I heard that voice from within that said, I'm your lullaby. I'm your lullaby. No one else is your lullaby right now. I'm your lullaby. And that's where this song came from. It came in a pretty quick amount of time, which doesn't always happen. Some songs take longer to carve out, but this was such a gift. And it became my mantra for going within and cultivating that relationship with my own inner landscape. And so I'm going to share it with you today.
like a drug, it works at first, then it eats you alive. Oh, it eats you alive. Standing all alone in this bus depot, it's a full moon tonight. You're not here to go with me, but it's all right. much for taking the time to listen today. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm there on and off. I take big breaks for my sanity. My work is not patterned after building or running a business. It's patterned after soul. It's the labor and love of my own being. It comes from my alignment. So if you benefit from it and would like to give back, you can do so by donating monetarily on my website if you have the means to do so, McCallErickson.com. You can purchase my book, The Second Half of the Mountain. It's on Amazon, on Kindle, and in print. You can have your local bookstore order it for you, which is even better. You can get it on IndieBound.com if you are not keen on Amazon. You can buy the book for somebody else. You can share this podcast with a friend or on social media. Sharing any of my writings, as long as you attribute me on social media or with your friends, is awesome. It all helps keep this web of connection going. Until next time, be well in soul.